Hello, everybody. I am Blaze Seifer, and this is the Seifer Scoop Podcast. It is a lovely Friday afternoon here in Middlebury, Vermont, where students are currently in the heart of phase one of Middlebury's back to school plan. This phase includes a strict mask and social distancing mandate, a limit on the number of students allowed in a single dorm room, and the prohibition of leaving campus. It also forbids newspaper editors like myself from entering the campus's workspace in Hepburn Hall. So I'm recording this episode in my dorm room. Shout out Pearson's Hall. Now that I'm back at school, I'm teaming up with the Middlebury campus to continue the production of this podcast, which will be accessible on their website each week. Whether you are a new listener or a loyal fan, I wanted to extend my gratitude and appreciation for your support. The Seifer Scoop podcast will continue to cover the fascinating athletic stories that surround collegiate athletes. I'm excited to continue telling these stories in Middlebury and plan on producing one episode each week. Unlike this summer, future episodes will include a section on COVID-19 and how the pandemic has affected Middlebury athletes. We'll chat about the guidelines surrounding practices and competitions, altered team dynamics, and everything in between. Today, I'm joined by two-sport varsity athlete Cole Kreider of the football and baseball squads to chat about how his two seasons have changed due to the pandemic and how he's reacted. Furthermore, we'll also dip into his fascinating history and learn about how he progressed to where he is today. Cole, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. So, Cole, I want you to start by introducing yourself. Who are you? Where are you from? Um, and just talk a little bit about, yeah, about yourself. Thanks for having me again. My name's Cole Kreider. I'm from Nashville, Tennessee, and found my way up here to Middlebury College where I play football in the fall then transition into baseball in the spring. Let's start here. So this summer was tough for many kids deciding whether or not they would return. And you did decide to come back to Middlebury despite the litany of precautions that the school has taken. And obviously your seasons are going to look quite different. Why did you decide in the end to come back to Mid? Yeah, so I discussed that with a lot of people, including you know our academic advisors here, coaches here, um, talked with my family back home, and, and several other uh, schools that I could have ended up going to for the semester, taking the semester mm-hmm. off, and in, in the end, ended up feeling like it was the best choice to come back to campus and just maintain um, just a, a, um, a singular path uh, at Middlebury, so I didn't have to split off and, and come back um, for one reason, just because of what I want to study and pursue, and pursue, which is a pre-med track, um, and I'm not 100% sure exactly what I'm majoring yet, and so I felt that I also, whereas some people may have figured out um, what they want to do and might have the ability to study that and keep up progress on that track off campus, I felt like I needed to be here to, to keep that up, and then even with having uh, knowing that football was canceled um, fairly early on after we were uh, sent home and during the summer, so I've known we were we weren't going to have anything there. And the amount of time and actual football we're going to get to do is going to be pretty minimal. But uh, with baseball, um, last year I obviously didn't didn't have nearly the off season in baseball that the rest of the baseball team does because I'm in football normally. But since I've been back on campus now, I've been working quite a bit with the, the baseball team um, since I've been back just because it's it's much just because the way the sport is and the nature of it it's much more accessible um, while still following those mass guidelines and distance guidelines um, 
to maintain maintain proper social distance and group size and stuff like that um, works and caters much better to baseball as we've seen in the professional sports world as well, where the MLB has been able to, to pull off playing games and, and the NFLs, it's been a little bit harder for them to pull it off and I hope they can. Right. Talk to me about moving in. Tell everyone out there what you had to do and, and how this uh, the little quarantine was. Move in definitely looked obviously completely different and um, you know, all the freshmen as well moved back in on the 26th. Um, and so that was, you know, a, a, a tough situation to, to feel out and, and kind of, and find your way around. Um, when we arrived on campus, we went immediately to the athletic center where they had up, it had the, um, a testing facility set up, um, which ran really smoothly and they got through everybody really quick. And then it went into, dorm move-in which had a lot of regulations about it such as limiting the number of, of in and out trips uh, that you could especially in the larger freshman dorms um, I lucked out a little, a little bit more just because the location where I'm living I'm also living in Pearson's with with Blaze and um, it's a smaller dorm and so there wasn't any freshmen living in here um, so less foot traffic back and forth and then it also ran into the problem with, with parents helping move in their students, especially because all the first years moved in then as well, um, and they're then dropping them off, and they aren't allowed in the dormitories or, or really out and about campus at all. And so there was a lot of people walking around trying to keep keep tabs on that and keep tabs on how how close people were during move in. And it looked it seemed like they had it figured out a hair more on the 28th when the rest of the group moved in, and they kind of figured out the how to handle um, all those people moving in at one time. Um, but it, I, it went fairly smoothly, and, and we'll find out here in a, in a couple days if, if um, we've kind of completed, completed it well as we get the test, resu test results back for the seven days test that um, a lot of people got today and then I got a couple days ago. So right. We're going to see how those come back. Hopefully it comes back as comes back as, as uh, the results are as good as they were the first time when, uh, from everybody's first round of testing. Yeah, exactly. So on the 26th, you said you got tested and then you moved in. And then you had a quarantine, right? For yes. how many how many hours was that strict room quarantine? Our, ours wasn't quite as bad as the second group, but we ended up running into a, um, I believe it was, uh, ours was about a little over a little over 48 hours, um, nothing too crazy. I think it, it was just about a couple days. Um of interim quarantine with all your meals delivered and you can't leave your room except for to use the bathroom or anything, anything like that. Um, and until you get your test results back from your first round of testing, once you get those, once you get those back, you're free to leave your, leave your dorm and pick up your meals in the dining hall um, with that set up and, and roam around campus while still wearing your mask anywhere you go, um, even outside, um, unless you're running or something like that around campus and, and you're, a fair amount away from everybody, then, then you can have your mask removed. But other than that, um, we were pretty much able to just roam around campus and, and you know, sit around outside, especially because the weather's been so nice. Let's transition into um, the intersection between COVID and football to start. You said before that your season was axed and, and you're not going to play competitive games. But is there any semblance of normalcy? Is there anything you're doing that you did last year, or what's what's the football landscape looking like? Football looks about as, as different as it, it really could look, um, just because of 
just because of the way the sport is played and, and the numbers that play it and the numbers that are playing at one time and the physicality and, and closeness of the sport and especially when you're practicing football to really get better at performing in a game, the drills and stuff you need to do competing against other people are much harder to pull off than, than other sports. And so, I mean, at this point, we, we now we're going to have football practices, um, I guess you could put it that way, five days a week, but two of those days are going to be strength days, um, at least for the next couple weeks, um, and that's going to be done outside, a lot of body weight stuff, and the other three days we're going to be doing a bunch of uh, walkthrough type stuff and, and reads and stuff like that that doesn't involve you know, really the true, like how you would picture football practice with balls flying around and people, people competing and, and guarding each other. Um, and we're also split into four separate groups of, of around 25. That's the max number that Middlebury is allowing for, for a practice. Um, and so we can have 25 people on each half the field and you have to stay in that 25 main group throughout five, all of phase one. Um, so once you start practicing with those 25 guys, you stay and practice with them for the rest of the, for at least the next two weeks. Hopefully, hopefully we're out of it by September 14th, and then we'll see how that plays into us having access to a weight room and and having the ability to have a little bit more contact with each other, maybe run some seven on seven type stuff. But I don't see us getting to you know suit up in pads, um, you know hit, knock around like we would be normally doing this sure. time of the year, we'd really be gearing up for our first game just about now. We would have had, um, we would have already had our about three weeks or so of, of preseason with, you know, two, three practices, um, meetings and whatnot a day. Um, but it's been completely different there than it has in the past. There's really very little semblance, um, outside from what it was last year. Yeah. Yeah. So do you have to wear masks when you're, when you're lifting and stuff or? Yes. Yeah. At this point we do. How do um, you, I'm sure you've had experience with working out with a mask on. How does, yeah, how does that go? It is, it's tough. You <laughs> do some, some try to educate yourself in your mask shopping and figure out which ones you'll be able to <laughs> at least maybe not pass out from. Um, and I found a couple, a couple that I kind of like that aren't half bad. Um, especially if you're out on the field right now, since we're not having practices yet, and I'm out there, I can go out there and do individual work or work with one or two other people and we can be fairly spread out um, and have our masks, our mask, you know, around our chin, around the bottom of our bottom of our face um, if we're out there alone or on half of the field alone. But once we get out there with, you know, five guys and even if we're, you know, throwing a football or something like that, you have to have them on then. Right. So the season, I think we just got an email today. It starts on September 5th. You yes. start practicing. Officially, so, yes. so when you moved in on the 26th, and I know you alluded to this, but the 26th to the 5th, what have you been doing? Just throwing around with friends or doing any strength training I've, or running? Or They've been sending us workouts to do, um, the, a lot of body weight style stuff, um, nothing too, too crazy. And I've been trying to kind of get back into doing some more cardio. And I've been doing a fair amount of, of route running style drills out there on my own. Um, and tossing football around, doing a few catching things. Um, but obviously nothing that involves, you know, any sort of knock around with people or anything like that. And is this all self-directed or is yes, coach given yeah, you, yeah. okay. Pretty much all, any, everything outside of the workouts that they sent us, the okay. body weight stuff has been fully self-directed and it's been the same thing with baseball. I've been doing baseball practice the last week and a half or so now too. Yeah, yeah. So I know under normal circumstances, the football boys are all pretty close, right? And you guys eat meals together and and you probably hang out at night and stuff like that. What are you doing to, to stay in touch with these other boys? Because you can't do, you can't meet all together 
um, like you could last year. You can't all sit at this big table like you did last year at meals. How are you keeping those bonds strong between your other teammates? It hasn't been um, too, too hard um, because, you know, we, we're always talking. We're usually talking in our group chat um, just about whatever and, you know, eating and stuff like that. And and we're all on similar schedules, even if they're not mandated, just kind of get up and we'll run into each other out working out or something like that on the field uh, in the afternoons and and find our way back to a dining hall. And we'll, you know, the, we'll usually when I'm eating a meal, I mean, I think every meal I've eaten at this point, I've either been with uh, all football guys and occasionally it's been uh, something mixed in with some baseball guys or something like that. And we'll just get it in line and sit outside and there'll be, you know, a handful of us, 10, 15 of us sometimes. And we'll sit outside and eat and sit out there and knock around and talk for a while. But we obviously can't do what we were doing last year where we all go to like, you know, an Atwater suite that the seniors have or something like that, um, which is tough, but I'm still getting to stay in pretty close contact, especially with the freshmen. I don't get to see the um, people from other classes at all, or not the freshmen, or our sophomore class. Um, like we did last year, I was in more contact with people from other classes. Right now, it's been pretty much just our, our guys. Sure. Okay, awesome. Uh, let's talk a little bit about baseball and <laughs> in, in sort of a similar question. What's baseball looking like? We, we don't know... We really don't have any information on what we're gonna what we're gonna be able to do in the spring right now with the season. Um, I'm I'm fair. I'm pretty positive about it, um, just because I've seen what the MLB's been able to do um, and pulling that off with. And, and honestly, their their restrictions haven't been uh, like the masks during games and stuff like that haven't been overwhelming. And I think we could absolutely pull off it. A mask mandate playing games where we could people could wear masks and still play baseball just because of the nature of the game versus football, you know. Um, so we really don't know much about the spring season, but right now we we'll be able to do pretty pretty close to what we would normally do off season wise um, for baseball. Now, I mean, we've had uh, practices this entire past week, and you can just only go out there in groups of ten right now, which. It's more than enough people to get done what you need to get done with baseball, hitting-wise, throwing-wise, um, working on base running or, you know, bunt coverages and stuff like that. You can do all of that um, just exactly like you do if there was no pandemic going on. Sure. So baseball has been much much less affected, and and I think as the restrictions get looser and, and looser as, as we make progress through this, we'll, I think baseball will inch closer and closer to being looking pretty much the exact same. In the spring, so you're you're pretty optimistic. I'm pretty optimistic about baseball in the spring. Right and is that now. is that pretty standard for the other kids on the team? Or are you? I, I think so too. I mean, there's definitely people that that don't want to say you know for sure that we're going to do it just because you don't want to get your hopes up just because you know with football we we thought the beginning of of when we got sent home like oh we're going to be fine for football. I, I I honestly felt the same way I feel now about baseball about football, and I was wrong about that one, but. Um, we've come further and I feel more confident about this one than I did that one at least. Um, sure. And we're about the same time, time out five, six months or so from when baseball kind of start kicking in. We'll have an idea of what the actual season is going to look like, but that's going to come down to the NESCAC. Uh, we, I, we could definitely pull it off, I think, and, and do it safely, but we'll have to see, um, what the other schools do and the decisions they make because it, it ends up being a group decision. It's a, it's a big ship, and it's hard to move in one direction. Right. So. 
let's hit the rewind button and, and touch on last year, your your first year at Middlebury a little bit. Again, I just want to go through football and baseball real quick. So for football, uh, the Panthers went 9-0, and the first team in NESCAC history to do so under the tutelage of uh, Coach Ritter. And that was quite the season. As a fan, it was fun to go to your games. And I wanted to just ask you a few questions about that unprecedented season. Um, let's start here. To be honest, did you see a 9-0 and season coming out of the Panthers? I didn't. Be, I also didn't have a lot of background background on uh, a good read on how all the other teams were. Like I knew we were we'd been playing pretty well um, prior to prior to us getting here last year as freshmen. Um, but I didn't know how any of the other teams were. Like I knew Trinity was always kind of a buzzsaw and, and the NESCAC and had been for a long time. And but I don't think that I think everybody knew that I mean, we could pull it off if we wanted to. Just looking at the schedule and saying, "Oh, we can win this game. We can win this game. This game's gonna be hard to win, but we can win this game." Um, that it was possible. But once you once we got to you know game five and we were doing really well, game six, game seven, it was it started getting. Around six, game six, you're like, wow, this is, this is this is very doable. Like, let's, let's not jinx it at this point. But yeah, it was it was quite the experience and a really fun thing to start off my Middlebury career with, and definitely setting the bar high for the next four years, three three years. Sure, yeah. Tell me, what what was your favorite moment from the season? If you gotta oh, put your finger on one. Oh, that's a tough one. Um, I'd say probably beating Trinity because at that point in the season we weren't. We weren't all the way into that. Wow, we we are gonna make this not another run. I, I don't remember which game, what what number of game that was that we played Trinity, but it wasn't super duper late in the in the in the season. Um, but that's just, I mean, they they they're the talk the NESCAC when it comes to football and a lot of sports. Just bigger school and they've got some crazy good looking athletes. And when they walk out on that field, they look good. They look like a million bucks. Um, and they're exactly what people talk about to be. So winning that game and and we won it and we we handed it to them pretty good for a lot of that game uh, was just and it definitely wasn't our closest game and I wouldn't call it maybe the most like nail biting game, um, but that one was probably the most most enjoyable. That and obviously just tough at the end of the year because that was that kind of put was the nail in the coffin for nine and zero and it was a good game too, but. I'd probably say the Trinity game. Sure. And then tell me this. What's your favorite part about being on the football team at oh, Middlebury? Man. Well, for one, because it's such a big team. Right now our roster is 115 people with the freshman class that came in. Um, and then the senior class all deferring because of Corona. Um, you can go just about anywhere on campus, especially with, with before we had the pandemic and you know, you go get lunch line and you don't even have to text in your football guys and there'll be three or four guys in there in the lunch. Like, you always got people that you're running into. You, it's hard to go anywhere alone, even if you wanted to, uh, when you're doing that. And I just, the just how big the team is. And I, I just, there's a, you get to know a lot of people through being on the football team because, you know, your teammates know people that you don't know. And, and that, that was the biggest thing. I, I came in Middlebury and knew a lot of people really quickly. Um, and that, that's been great. Middle, Middlebury specific for being on football. You said 115 kids? Our roster is, I think, over 100 people now. <laughs> because when the entire, I I'm, I'm think the entire senior class didn't come back this semester. They all deferred. And then about half the junior class deferred. And then four guys out of our class deferred as well. Um, so next year, 
we're going to have a lot of people, which can be a problem because the NESCAC actually has a roster limit, a roster cap of 75 players, which last year we had to cut, um, we had to cut two players last year. We were at 77 or so, somewhere in there with a couple injuries and whatnot. Um, but next year, and there's, there's NESCAC still going to they're going to have to make some decision on that. But what it could end up being is you have four years to get back down to that roster limit. Um, and instead of making some of these teams cut 25 kids next year, sure, um, which especially will cause problems with recruiting and bringing in new classes and stuff. Right. Um, let's talk about baseball just to finish up this section. How many games did you get to play in the regular season with that baseball squad before uh, the pandemic sent you home? We just played three, um, three actual games. We played several scrimmages um, inside here on campus. Um, but those really, I mean, they're, they're good practice, but legitimate games, we just played three. Uh, we traveled to Texas um, early March. I believe we got sent home from school somewhere in the early teens, like March 13th, yeah, yeah, something 14th, like that. something like that. Um, and we traveled down to Texas on like the third, fourth, like early March, and, and we're down there um, for a long weekend and played that three-game series against Southwestern and, and won two of three and definitely had a chance to win three of three. And They had some good players, and we were looking good. We had a, a really big senior class, too, and graduated a lot of guys that had been starting for several years. And So that, that was definitely a tough blow. But yeah, we just got those three games in and flew back to campus, you know, five o'clock early early monday morning and school was canceled maybe on like that tuesday wednesday yeah uh, pretty soon after there so it must have been heartbreaking because you you spent all preseason getting to know these seniors and, yeah, exactly. and upperclassmen and then to not even be able to play half a dozen games yeah. must have been pretty tough yeah it was tough too because you know football was canceled this summer and that that wouldn't that that was obviously really hard and 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 sucked a lot but baseball and it was the same thing with athletes all over the country this it blew up the pandemic came in and blew up so quickly um it went from just a news story that you would swipe by about something going on you know across the ocean from you to in a matter of weeks later um, if you weren't keeping up with it just out of the blue your, your season's canceled that you've been working at for you know your entire life and been preseason for for nine months at that point for some kids sure yeah and while we're while we're on the topic of baseball you were a walk-on actually Uh, can you talk to me a little bit about that and how that process uh developed technically i was a walk-on um for baseball but i'd also been to a couple baseball scouting camps and i i knew the coaching staff from those um a couple of long island and stuff up here and the assistant baseball coach actually happens to be my receivers coach uh, on the on the football team. So that was convenient, especially for recruiting stuff, because I could see him at a baseball prospect camp, you know, my junior year, um, and then see him a month later at a, a football prospect camp at a different school. And be like, you know, <laughs> Coach Phelps. <laughs> um, so I, I was, yeah, I was a walk-on. Uh, but I had a lot of contact with coaching staff, which a, a lot of walk-ons do. A lot of times when people hear walk-on, they just think, you know, the coaching staff had no idea you were even on campus and you just showed up to tryouts. Um, whereas usually it's there's a lot of communication that goes into it um, prior to coming to campus. And they just didn't use, you know, a roster to guarantee you a roster spot. And you, you have a lot of guys that are, that are walk-ons. Um, and we had walk-ons for football 
as well. Right. How did, how did you make the team though? Is it like they saw you playing in, with the team in preseason and they liked what they saw or? Yeah, I just, I came out and, and they had seen me pitch at, at camps and stuff before I even come to Middlebury and knew that, knew that I could hopefully contribute to the pitching staff here. Um, and then in preseason stuff, get out there with them and, and throw around and I fell right into it and I'm, I'm happy I did and, and meshed really well with the team and got along with them great and did what I need to do on the mound to, you know, guarantee my, myself a roster spot on the team and, and was excited to do that and was uh, actually right on the brink of going into pitch and extra innings and in Texas. And so it kind of stinks I didn't actually get to play in a game last season, but I, I got pretty close. Like I was warming up and then we won in the bottom of the 11th or something like that. So, so that was exciting. But, yeah. yeah, good work. Uh, let's finish here. I want to talk just a little bit about your history with the two sports, if you'd be so kind. Let's start with football. How did you first get into uh, to the game? Uh, so, you know, I've been surrounded by it and bred into it and eat, sleep, and breathe football for 20 years now. Like, um, <sighs> you know, my, my dad proposed to my mom in an Arkansas college football game on, on live television and you know, he played college, my dad played college football and my mom played college tennis. And so I've been surrounded around football my entire life. And you grow up watching it. You grow up, you grow up going to your local high school football games and start playing, start off playing flag football. And I didn't start playing tackle until fifth grade, which is normal, maybe a hair later. You got the peewee football is, is pretty, pretty prominent um, around where we are. Like you'll have a lot of kids will start playing in third or fourth grade playing true tackle football, but I didn't start till fifth grade and started there in elementary school, played fifth and sixth, and then played seventh, eighth grade football at, when I went to high school. And then freshman football, which is a, we at our high school is a separate team, separate season um, from, uh, from the varsity team. Um, and then just varsity football from the end of freshman year until senior year of that. And, and but yeah, that's, I've been around it my whole life, and and it was one of many sports early on. I, I was one, I played a lot of soccer, baseball, football, basketball, and then eventually dropped off playing basketball. It was the first one to fall, and I really fell in love with that sport. And then and ended up playing. Actually, played a lot of travel soccer growing up. Played played more soccer than any other sport uh, for the first you know four years. I was playing all these at a at a higher level, and and eventually dropped that um, as it started to conflict with baseball, and. Then, in high school at NBA, I, I moved into playing just football and baseball and becoming dual sports, and, and that helped me. You know, I had a lot more time to concentrate on those two and, and sure. just do those two. What uh, what position did you play? Because I know it wasn't just wide receiver, right? No, I, so I I haven't played defense in a long time, um, actual defense other than you know special teams and covering kickoffs. Because in at our high school, we we had such a a big roster, we dress eighty five or ninety guys, and so we would only play one direction like we do, like you do it in college and stuff where a lot of kids in high school play two ways. It's pretty common. Um, but I used to play a little bit outside linebacker or whatnot. And then I punted a little bit freshman year of high school and then didn't really mess with it again until senior year of high school and ended up punting uh, really, really well. Just kind of picked it up that summer during preseason because we didn't have a punter. We graduated the kid that had punted the year before and 
ended up doing really well with that and led Tennessee in, in punting yards for a while and was in, was on the All-State team as a punter Woo! and not and not a receiver, which, you know, is, it's bittersweet, so we'll take that. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> All right, let's talk about baseball. I mean, did you always play baseball too? Did that surround your family as much as football did? Yeah, or? definitely. It was baseball and football were the, the main two, and that's the main two for a a lot of kids from around where I come, around Tennessee and stuff, those are kind of the two big sports. Soccer's big, too, and there's a lot of travel soccer around there. But I, I'd say the two most commonly played sports are, um, you know, where you hear about kids getting kept up with in the news, drafted, and how everybody stars and stuff like that. It's, it's definitely football and baseball. And, and so I grew up, you know, playing the T-ball, YMCA league, and then, you know, coach pitch to kid pitch to machine pitch and, and uh, then eventually, you know, moving from the smaller fields to the bigger fields that when you get into high school. And so I started playing high school ball in seventh, eighth grade. And then, and then ninth grade through ninth through 12th grade, I was on the varsity team at NBA. So did you do, did you do club at all or was it just high school? I never, a lot of kids, is, I mean, if you talk to any kid on the Middlebury baseball team or probably any college football, I mean, college baseball team in the country, almost all of them play summer ball and have played summer ball for a long time. Um, but because I was doing football so often and football starts the second summer starts pretty much like that is, that's when it really kicks into gear. I never really played, I never played travel baseball, which people hear me say that and they just think it's shocking that you're playing college baseball, never played travel, but I never did, um, mostly just because of football and, and it definitely would have helped and, and, and it might've pushed me into just being a, a baseball player and you never know, I could have gone to a, a big school and played It's just, you, i if I really devoted a ton of time to it, but, um, I loved football and so never, and never, uh, you know, kind of broke off from that and never really played club or anything like that, which is really uncommon for people in my position. All right. Well, cool. Thanks so much for, for, coming on thank you so much blaze i appreciate it man of course ladies and gentlemen you have heard the scoop from cole Kreider, a football and baseball varsity athlete here at middlebury college if you see him biking around or walking around campus please give him a wave um, he's a good athlete but he's he's an even better guy i hope you enjoyed this podcast everybody this was the first rendition of the Seaver scoop podcast up here in middlebury vermont uh, another podcast is coming to you next week um, have a great day